Welcome to the Grafton Baptist Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit graftonbaptist.com. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Thank you so much, Jay. Thank you, thank you. Matthew has been such a challenge to my life. to really study God's word and see his plan and the, the expectations that he has for the redeemed. Uh, I don't know about you, but Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter six, and now Matthew chapter seven. They have really shed a light in my Christian life. <laughs> the things that I have to improve, the things that I had wrong, and the many changes that I still have to make. But I thank God's word because it's a mirror and I can see myself as I truly am. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him for guidance today. Our heavenly father, that your name might be glorified today in this church. Lord, that if there's anybody in this building that doesn't know of you, that they don't trust you completely, that haven't been redeemed, that today might be the day when you touch their hearts, when you change their lives forever. Lord, that what we read and we see in scripture, we might also do in our lives, each and every one of us. Lord, I thank you for the provision that you've given here at Grafton the many people that work and serve and uh, make every Sunday special for the teachers, the people that clean the church, the ushers. I thank you so much for them. Lord, there's many things that we truly need to change. Help us to change. Lord, help us to show grace to others as you have reminded us that we're all in a journey We have lots of things to deal with at a personal level. So help us to be gracious with one another. Lord, because you reign and yours is the glory forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you guys remember last week? Ah. Last week, last week, I was, I was truly touched. The, 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 the passage had so much meaning. And, and, and let me begin there, and we're going to just study one verse today. One verse today. Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And we study what that meant right? Uh, we, we said, sometimes our prayer, we only take uh, to God our cults, you know, the little tiny details. But God says to take all of our anxieties to him because he cares for us. He said, don't even worry about the things of this world. You know, he's, he, the Lord Jesus was saying, observe the birds. They don't worry. They have a father. They don't worry. Look at the lilies. They, God clothes them. They don't worry. It just happens. So why are you worrying? 
Why are you worried? Uh, or which, uh, for, for everyone who has received and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his sons ask of him for bread, will give him a stone? No, we don't do that. So, so remember, your heavenly father is not like you. We deceive, we have lost, we, we, we hate our brothers. Our heavenly father is perfect. So he will take care of you. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. I wouldn't do that. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would your father who is in heaven, who is in heaven, will give good things to those who ask him? So, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. For this is the law and the prophets. If you could, if I could, love others as I love myself, that whatever I wish that others would do to me, I would also do to them. There wouldn't be any need to have a church. We all would be perfect. There would be no wars. There would be no conflict. It would be a loving and perfect society. You could go to your house, leave your door open, and nothing would happen. Nothing. You would be confident that when your husband is at the gym, he's really at the gym because he loves you. Because he loves you. And not only that, but you wouldn't be worried that someone is, is uh, trying to steal your husband or your wife because they respect you. They love you, remember? So we, would, we wouldn't have any of those issues. If you were ever in need, if there came a catastrophe in your house and it would burn down, you wouldn't even worry about it because your neighbor loves you like he loves himself. So he would take you to his house right away. He would feed you for however long you would need to be fed. Because we will love one another. That's the calling of the Christian. That's what church is supposed to be like. A little taste of heaven on earth. Because we have been purchased by his blood. Now the question that I have for you is, is that you? Is that you? It's not me. But I want to be. Before the Lord Jesus Christ, we see David failing. We see, we see the best of the best failing. But after the resurrection, on that first day of a new creation, after the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit was given to the apostles and the believers, we see a new creation. We see people that remain faithful till the end. Not one or two, but we see that the church is faithful. We don't know their names, but it was many of them. And we have that power today as well to be indwelled by the Holy Spirit and to act in that way. Are you, are you a believer, a true citizen of the kingdom of God? 
This verse can only be looked in the light of the context of Matthew. Everything that has gone before leads to this point. And it's going to get, you're going to see in a few weeks how demanding God is. Everything leads to this and argues for it. And that's why it says, so, or therefore. It will be, it's a good practice to look back and think about this. The things that we have studied. Do you love others or do you hate? Are you lusting after your neighbor's wife? How do you give? Why do you give? Do you fast? Do you pray? Because we get to this point. It is a logical conclusion. This is it. This is the point that Jesus was trying to stress. He arrives to this point. And it is important to note that this rule is for those who are citizens of the kingdom of God. This applies to you if you have believed in him. It is important to note that it is those that are going to heaven, those of us that are on our way to heaven, that ought to live that life that Jesus was talking about in the previous chapters. This statement was made before by other people. This is not a statement that was unique to Jesus. Other people had said it before. Let me give you an example that I found on many commentaries, and this is, this is what you will see on most sermons. On one occasion, a cynical Gentile came to Rabbi Shammai, a very famous rabbi, by the time of Jesus, uh, by, uh, around the time that Jesus was alive, and said, Rabbi, converse with me on the condition that you teach me the whole law while I stand on one foot. Tell me, what is the Bible about? While I'm standing on one foot, go. This rabbi dismissed him. (laughs) He said, I'm not doing that. So he went to the next rabbi, Rabbi Hillel, and he he, he is very well known. He's a very well-respected rabbi. And he's also around that time of Jesus who conversed with him and say, and he said, teach me the whole Torah while while I stand on one foot. And this rabbi said, what is hateful to you do not do to your neighbor. What is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. That is the whole law. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. We have the kids' class. Do you guys want to go downstairs? Perfect. <laughs> What is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. That is the whole law. And the rest is commentary. These are the words of that rabbi that was so respected at that time. Don't do what is hateful to you. What is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. That is the whole Torah. Everything else is just commentary. Well, Jesus said something very similar. But do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? And I was thinking about this. Jesus' statement is much more demanding. What the rabbi said is the idea of this world. Don't mess with me, and I won't mess with you. That's where it ends. But Jesus says, do. Do to others. 
There's a call to action. It is interesting that to see that all Jesus basically say the same thing. That negative statement is changed into something positive by Jesus. Jesus said, treat others the way you want to be treated. So I not only don't steal, but I am generous. See, there's a difference. I just don't avoid gossip. I treat my neighbor with grace. I do not only care for my wife. I love her in every possible way. Because that is the way that I want to be treated. How do you want to be treated? And I was really thinking about this. How, how, if I had my way, how would I be treated? I'll be treated very good. <laughs> really good. I want to be treated good. I want to be respected. I want to be heard. Don't you? So why don't we do that to others? I do not covet my neighbor's wife. I treat them both as a couple with respect. I don't just not get in an argument. I try to put myself on, other, on that other person's shoes and understand them. Wouldn't you want to be understood? If, if, you, if you're upset about something, don't you want to be under, on, that the people understand your argument? I don't just uh, don't impose my will on others. I love others. The requirements that the Lord Jesus is giving us are beyond measure. The bar is set really high. That is why we need the cross. That is why this is only for the citizens of the kingdom of God. Because I need a new heart to carry this. I need a new heart. I need a new mind. I need to be transformed. The Bible verse. I need to be transformed. The reason that we need the cross is that we turn the golden rule into rust. The reason we need redemption is that we have not treated our neighbors as we would have our neighbor treat us. We need salvation because we have violated each other and because we have violated God. R.C. Sproul. We cannot control what others say about us or what others do to us but we can control what we say about them and do to them. We should be thinking about doing for them something good rather than trying to destroy them. Don't we always try to change others before we change ourselves? Matthew has been an, an, an eye-opener to see that the Lord is interested in dealing with me, with me. The Lord wants to change your life. He wants to work in your life so that you can love your neighbor and treat them with grace. And when you see something in your neighbor's eye, you treat it with grace. Out of the knowledge of the redemption of God. Because when I see what is in my eye, and I understand how easy it is, then I can treat others with grace. Our king is telling us that this principle is always right and is always good and is always truth. So will you follow it?
I have one thing that I found from Charles Spurgeon. I'd really pay attention to this. Ready? Oh, that all men acted on it, on this principle. And then there will be no slavery. Spurgeon was against slavery like nobody else at his time. No war. No striking. No lying. No robbing. But all would be justice and love. What a kingdom is this which has such a law. This is the code Christian. Remember what I said? This is the bill of rights of the believer. <laughs> you have the right to trust in God. That's basically it. This is the condensation of all that is right and generous. We adore the king. Listen to this. We adore the king out of whose mouth and heart such a law could flow. Yes. Look at the kingdoms of this world. They don't offer this. My king is saying, love one another. And he showed us. He gave his life out of love. We adore the king out of whose mouth and heart such a law could flow. This one rule is a proof of the divinity of our holy religion. The universal practice of it by all who call themselves Christians would carry conviction to Jew, Turk, and infidel. What would happen if the world would see that we love one another with this love? Instead of dividing ourselves, fighting over petty issues, cheating on my wife here at church, mistreating others, the mask, the ugly mask of hypocrisy. What a different church. What a different testimony the church would be. And I think that we can be. I do believe so. With greater speed and certainty that all the apologies and arguments which the wit or piety of men could produce. <laughs> Lord, teach it to me. Write it on the tablets of my renewed heart. So we say, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. If you do this, if you carry this perfectly, you're a doctor of the law. <laughs> you have mastered it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, just a few words that carry a lot of weight. Help us, Lord, to understand that this is what you require from us, that once we hear the message, we're responsible for it. So change our hearts. It was a willing heart to understand what you want from us, Lord. And I pray that you will bless the rest of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I ask Leah to come here, I wanted to spend just a few minutes. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter one, uh, chapter 11, sorry. 1 Corinthians 
chapter 11. By the way, yesterday through our meeting, we organized, reorganized the, the uh, responsibilities of the deacons. And just so you know, uh, if you're head of a committee, one of the deacons will get in touch with you and just check that things are going well. Uh, don't, don't, we're not trying to micromanage. That's not it. <laughs> we're trying to be as helpful as possible. Uh, because, you know, ministry, sometimes it's, it's difficult. Uh, you might be tired. You might be ready for a little break. Uh, you might want to participate in a different ministry. So that's what the deacons are trying to do. Uh, uh, in, in, in the coming weeks, soon you'll be contacted if you're head of a committee to see how things are going. And after COVID, we want to get all of those committees active again. So just so you know, that's what's going to happen. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. We're going to have the Lord's Supper today. And the Lord's Supper is something that the Lord instituted. We do this in remembrance of him. And this is for the citizens of the kingdom of God. We look back at the sacrifice of Jesus at the cross and we look forward when we will drink the cup with Jesus. We'll have the Lord's Supper with him. And we have a commandment to announce, to proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. But I wanted to say, say something, whoever the four eats, Verse 27, the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine his, himself then and so eat of the breath and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. The Lord's Supper is a very serious matter. And I encourage you that before partaking on it, you understand that it is for believers and that you have to examine your heart. Get right with God. Ask for his forgiveness today. Is there something that you need to deal with? Now is the time. Now is the time. Our pride, me, has no room at this church. We all are sinners. <laughs> if you're here, it's because we understand that we're sinners. So if there's something that you need to set straight, 